1: With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. And gentlemen, with the three knockdown rule in effect, referee Luis Rivera stops this bout at 2 minutes and 12 seconds of the first round. And the winner and the brand new World Boxing Association, Heavyweight champion, James Bonecrusher Smith. Hello to you, the podcast listener, and welcome to the life and times of James Bonecrusher Smith. Welcome to Beyond the
0: Ropes, a boxing podcast brought to you by easily Boxing Repeat. The place for the Northwest and News, news, reviews, and interviews. Here's your
1: host,
0: Sean Basso.
1: Welcome again to be on the ropes boxing podcast, and this is another episode of the Life and Times of. And today it's Mister James Bonecrusher Smith that we've got on this episode. Really honoured and. Pleased to be able to get someone as well known as James Bonecrusher Smith. Now if you didn't already know him, you will know about him in this episode. A former world heavyweight champion, well known in the 80s, fought some of the best including Larry Holmes, Mike Tyson and our very own Frank Bruno. So I'm really pleased to have been able to get the opportunity to sit down, talk about his career, talk about his life in boxing, and talk about some of the great things he's achieved since leaving the Squared Circle. So here it is, my interview with Mr. James Bonecrusher-Smith. James, thank you very much. Yes. Thank you very much for coming on the show. I really appreciate (laughs) your time. Thanks very much, first of all. You're welcome. My pleasure. I've got to give a big shout out first of all To Martin Dannenberg Because it was Martin who Who put us in touch And it's Martin who's essentially set up This episode and this chat Between ourselves so Martin Really appreciate you setting that up first and foremost But yeah James we Obviously we want to speak about you and your boxing career first, and we want to also speak about what you're doing outside of the ring, what you've done since you've left boxing. So, I'm going to hand it over to you. Talk me through where everything began for bo- for you for boxing. Uh, it
0: started in 1981. Uh, my first fight was uh, with, with James Broad, uh, the Olympic gold medalist. Uh, y- uh, you know, uh, why? Well, he- the, the United States uh, boycotted the Olympics because it was in 1980. Because uh, it was in Russia, and uh, I fought him with about uh, my fourth fight, and uh, it was a six-round fight. Actually, that was my first fight, and uh, it was a six-round fight. So I shouldn't have fought my, and I got stopped in the fourth round. And uh, uh, my big break was with Chris McDonald, uh, undefeated guy uh, in uh, on ESPN. But the first fight was on ESPN as well, and uh, but my biggest breakthrough fight was with Frank Bruno in London. I fought him at Wembley Arena, Wimbley Arena in, uh, in in London, and uh, he was undefeated, and I stopped him in the tenth round. And the, you know, uh, he was promised a world title fight with Larry Holmes, but when I stopped him, I got that shot with Larry, and uh, uh, with with just thirteen, fourteen fights, and uh, I went uh, fourteen rounds with Larry at that time
1: you did and it was the first title shot you'd achieved it was uh for the ibf heavyweight title of the world weren't it back in 1984 yes 1984 yes and it was that time where larry holmes had essentially taken over the mantelpiece of uh the great muhammad ali
0: yes and he was trying to break that record russia Mar- marciano 50 and 0 record and uh I think, uh, Mayweather's, is just trying to break that record now. So, you know, he's tied it, but he's trying to break it. I, I hear he's gonna fight, uh, before the end of this year with, uh, Pacquiao and, uh, try to break that
1: record. So going back to um, your big break uh, over here in London, funnily enough, uh, when you fought Frank Bruno, it was a, it was a big opportunity for you. I think obviously Frank was uh, starting to become well known in the UK at that point, and he was he, at that point he was quite touted to to go on and do great things. But you stopped him in his tracks, and you you upset that apple cart, and then you got that big shot against Larry Holmes. What was it? What was it like between that period of 1984? What what was uh, things like back then?
0: Well, you know, uh, people, when I beat Bruno, I mean, people started to know me worldwide. I mean, that, that fight was on NBC, and, and a lot of my fights was on television. So uh, people, even though I started late, I was 28 when I had my first fight, uh, People, I, I started knocking guys out, and people started to recognize the name Bone Crusher. And uh, so it was, it was exciting, and, uh, you know, uh, yeah, I've had a great time with it.
1: You had some you had some really great names on that record uh, a great resume you know in terms of the fighters that you went in the ring with your terrible tim witherspoon you know a guy that you uh, fought on a, a multiple occasions that was that was when you actually won the world heavyweight title the WBA version of it and the story says that it was uh, it was on a week's notice i believe it was on a week's notice Wow, that must have been um, that must have been something uh, that I don't think that would happen in this day and age, would it?
0: <laughs> no, it, the guys don't fight about once a year now. So, <laughs> you know, I, I was fighting once a month and sometimes you know twice a month. You know, and uh, we stayed in shape and ready to go at all times. So, talk
1: talk to me a little bit about the. Tim Witherspoon fight then back in 1986. It was your second chance at a world heavyweight title, but it, like you say, it was on a week's notice. And what what sort of shape was you in back then? Was you was you just ready to go? I mean, you'd you'd fought you'd fought not long before that.
0: I I was uh, I had knocked out Mike Weaver in the first round on CBS, and uh, and they had, they had promised Mike Weaver a title shot with Larry Holmes, the winner of Larry Holmes and Michael Spinks. So when I'm not we we out, I flew out to Las Vegas and uh and I, I made a deal with uh with Lara, with uh Don King and uh, and, uh and Reverend Al Sharp Reverend Al Sharp made the deal, actually made the deal. And uh but uh, uh when when Sphinx beat Larry Holmes, uh then Don didn't have a, a champion, you know, and uh, he had Larry. So uh I had signed a contract with Don and so I waited until he got back to New York. I called him and said, how about the title fight? He had promised me a world title fight. So he said, I don't have anybody for you to fight. So I said, uh, I found me a fight. So I I started fighting for somebody else. And he started suing me. I started suing him. And then December 1986, I get a phone call from Don. And he wanted to settle the lawsuit. And he wanted to give me the world title fight. And he wanted to give me a seven-day notice to fight Tim Witherspoon, a guy that had beat me the year before. So I had to do some fast thinking, and uh, I agreed to take the fight on the seven-day notice. And I and uh, I knocked Witherspoon out in the first round to become heavyweight champion. of the world. HBO, Madison Square Garden, everything, all the. All the stars had lined it up and uh, I
1: took care of business. And that, for me, obviously, would be like the defining moment of of your career. <laughs> would you agree that that was, was the defining moment of the career? Absolutely. I mean, once you become heavyweight champion of the world, you, you can't get much better than that. <laughs> yeah. No, absolutely. I agree. And the next fight was, uh, obviously, against uh, a, f- a ferocious challenger uh, and also champion in Mike Tyson. <laughs> which at the time, obviously people will always say that was Tyson's best run uh, as a fighter, as a champion. And you you were kind of, it looks like for me, you was kind of fed to the lions a little bit back then in 87.
0: Yeah, he had a a bad reputation, you know, coming in with no socks on, no robe on and shaking his head. He, He had that crazy look to him and the media built him up as a crazy guy and uh he you know, he was and then he jumped right on the guy and knocked him out, knocked him out quick, so yeah, he had a pretty serious reputation
1: there, and looking through and looking back in 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 the in the records, you were actually the first person to to take Mike Tyson the distance in terms of the twelve round distance, yes, that's correct, so Given the fact that he was knocking everybody out for, for fun, one of the most intimidating fighters at the time. And what what was your thoughts going into that fight?
0: Well, you know, my thoughts were before the fight was to take him out about four or five, six rounds and then, you know, turn the heat on and uh but he he was very clever, a smart fighter, he was slipping the but he he's short already you know he's yeah. he's a very short guy. people are surprised how short he is, so and he was ducking down, and I, my right hand was going over his head, my shots going right over his head i am six four and he was about five ten and uh so but I finally caught him in the last round and hit him with that right hand, and he stumbled a little bit and uh but I wish I had connected with him earlier in the fight. And uh, you know, my, my, I have one of the best right hands. I Have one of the best right hands in the business.
1: Yeah, well, it is well known back then that you were you were, you were one of the most <laughs> fearsome punchers at the time as well. Um, so you were going in against another fearsome puncher in, in Mike Tyson and. I think I think you know. Obviously, sharing the ring with 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 someone who's now as well known as he is, and the sort of the legacy bad and good that's been created. Um, what what was it like to, to to sort of share the ring with the guy? And and was he as was he as a hard of a puncher as as obviously he was he was made out to be?
0: Well, you know, Emo Griffith, I had a very good uh, uh, trainer, uh, six time world champion Emo Griffith, and he told me basically. How to beat Tyson and, and basically the body shots, you know, just and not back up so much, you know. So if I listen to email a little more, I probably could have stopped Mike because he, he told me how to do it.
1: And going on from there, then James, obviously you you continued c- your career on for uh, uh, on and off, on and off for quite a while, didn't you? You were officially retired after uh, after the last fight, which was uh, with Larry Holmes back in nineteen ninety nine.
0: My last fight was with Larry Holmes. We started an organization called Boxing Legends, and uh, uh, it was my idea, my concept, and we raised the money. We had a guy invested to come up with the money, and uh, Larry made made most of the money. But anyway, it was my idea. So, uh, Larry, the the year prior, I had gone to uh, Australia and dislocated my shoulder with Joe Bugner. And uh and then I had the same uh, uh kind of effect with Larry Holmes the next
1: year. You also uh, was in with quite a lot of other opponents that people that listen to this podcast will know. Boxing fans will know of people like Michael Moore, or obviously Mike Weaver, Larry Holmes, Mike Tyson, Tim Witherspoon. you know, it's quite a, it's quite a, a, a great resume, isn't it? When you look back on it and what everybody, including yourself, achieved throughout the years, it's it's a resume to be very proud of.
0: Thank you very much. Yes, sir. It's it's the who's who of the heavyweight division. And I think any of those guys uh, back then, in that in the year of the eighties, in those heavyweights then, to beat any of the guys, if, if we were the same age, we could beat any of the guys out there now.
1: Do you think? Looking back at what era you you fought in as a heavyweight, and and looking what a heavyweight era we have at this moment in time, do you think you'd be able to hang it with some of them guys? And 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 who would be like the opponent you you would most prefer to face?
0: We would have not. We would have beat all those guys. Our our decade of fighting in the eighties, uh,
1: that period of time, could beat any of the guys today. It's interesting. There's some. Uh, there's obviously some really great fighters out there at the moment. I mean, obviously America's hope is is Deontay Wilder. Uh, obviously, he's WBC champ at the moment and he's looking to to fight the likes of British fighters like Anthony Joshua and Tyson Fury, which looks like it's going to be uh, a signed deal hopefully soon. But yeah, it's um, it, it, it's really good to hear you sort of talk through. The, the, the record, the fighters you've been in with is there any anything that you could tell us that maybe not people, people that don't actually know or it's never been spoke about as in just stories from, from what it was like boxing in the 80s and, and, and how boxing was, was, was what it was like back then because obviously there's a lot of people in this day and age listeners that uh, maybe are only just starting to get into to, to boxing as a sport and becoming a fan and, and may not know of what it was like back then, they may know some of the the, you know, the marquee names of the sport, but they may not know of what it was like to be a fighter back then.
0: I, I would encourage a young person coming up t- is to stay in shape, run all the time, stay in shape, because you never know when you're going to get the phone call to fight, uh, for to do a fight, or, or even, in my case, to fight for the title. So uh, if you train, you're ready, and uh, you're in shape, you got a good
1: chance to, to win the fight. And out of all them fighters that you was in with, all the uh, now known as uh, great fighters, who was the toughest? My (laughs) ex-wife. i think i think i think James if you asked any man any man that i think you, c- you could stick him in the ring with a with an a- an 87 version of tyson and i think they would all always pick going in with a, a mike tyson uppercut against going in with an ex-wife yeah she was a lawyer and she beat me up in court. Oh well, let's 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 touch on that. Let's talk about where uh, you, you, your life outside of the ring, because it's it's a real interesting uh, life that you've created for yourself outside of, of boxing. And when your career was finally said and done, uh, you, you like you said earlier, you touched on it a little bit. You set up the the the, the boxing legends uh, uh, hall of fame. Talk to me a little bit about that and how that all came about. Well, in
0: 2016, I started the uh, Boxing Legends Hall of Fame. Uh, I moved to Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, in 2009, and uh, I started the Hall of Fame in 2016. And in the first year, I wanted to recognize some of the champions and, and name persons uh, that was in boxing from North Carolina, where I'm from. And then the uh, in 2017, I wanted to recognize uh, uh, my trainers. including Emma Griffith and uh, David Henry and Sam Hickman and some of the guys like that. And then uh, uh, 2018, which is coming up in December, and hopefully you could come too. And uh, I wanted to recognize the 10 world champions that I fought, but they were a little bit slow on coming together. I mean, you know, it was hard getting them together and getting them to agree, and they wanted this, and they wanted that, and they wanted a lot of money and all that kind of stuff. I said, you know, we'll get those guys later. Uh, but this year we're going to recognize uh, Mike Weaver, yeah, uh, Michael Spinks, Leon Spinks, James Buster Douglas, Ernie Shavers, and Tony Tubbs. Those, gre- those guys quickly agreed to come and to be with us in Myrtle Beach, and uh, we're going to recognize those guys. We're going to do a meet and greet on December the seventh, Friday, December the seventh, and then uh, on, De- on Saturday, December the eighth, we're going to have a golf tournament. And then that night we're going to have a Hall of Fame induction, and we're going to give plaques and belts and different things out to those guys, and really kind of pump them up and, and make them feel good. Let let them kind of kind of kind of get them to thinking about they were champions all over again.
1: Yeah, I hundred percent agree with uh, with what you're doing there. Uh, I mean, obviously, in America, it's it's different to to the way things are over here in the UK because you have your different Hall of Fames, don't you? Have like your last Na- Las Vegas, Nevada Hall of Fame. Uh, you, you you have different types, don't you, in America? And is is this one that you've created to to add to that?
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, you have to be a a champion uh to be to to be with mine, and then you know I want like I said, I want to recognize the guys that I fought, which I fought ten world champions myself, so uh you know so we want to go from there, and then then we're gonna open it up to champions from from throughout i mean guys that I met along the way, you know not not fought but just met. And talk to like the Ray Lenners and the Hagglers and the Hearns and 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 those type guys from all over the
1: world and something else that uh, was quite interesting when I was uh, speaking to Martin about yourself was the work you do for children outside of the ring as well and uh, the champion for kids that you've got set up as well so tell tell me and tell the listeners a little bit more about what that is that you've set up
0: yeah when I, when I won the title I became the first college graduate to become heavyweight champion of the world and I'm uh, very proud of that. And uh, I was able to negotiate a lot of my contracts, a lot of my deals. And uh, I have a mentoring program. Uh, you know, I started in 2004. And uh, we encourage kids to make good decisions. I wrote a book uh, called Mad Make a Decision. And then you can look at it and order it on my website, championforkids.org. And uh, uh, we have, a, I just started a, a, a James Christian Smith National Literacy Program you know work with kids on reading and writing you know a lot of times now they the schools don't teach uh Currency writing, you know, I'm very saddened to, to find that out. They, they just, they, you know, they they got this computer technology and all that stuff, but people,
1: kids, are not really taught how to write. Was it anything that you experienced in your own life which sort of compelled you to set this up? Well, being being a college graduate, being the first
0: college graduate to become heavyweight champion of the world, I was motivated, and I felt like I had a had had a, a inside track and, and really kind of an obligation on, on sharing. Uh, what I experienced and encouraging people to do, uh, getting their degree and, and,
1: and doing some of the things that I did, and the book as well. It's something that, um, uh, I give Martin another shout out because Martin was very, very adamant about me looking into the book because it had not, it wasn't something I'd personally seen at the time. And, uh, talk to me about that content, What what that book gives somebody that reads it, um, you know. When I, I I had I didn't have experience on writing
0: myself, so I had to pray, you know, and I asked God to give me some direction on writing the book, and uh, He says uh, tried spoken He spoke to my spirit, and what He said in my spirit was, "Think about things that everybody can relate to." And and I said, you know, everybody from time to time get mad, and let me talk about the times the two times I really got mad. So it was, I picked out two times. I really got mad, and I put it in my book. And, you know, I started out from Magnolia, where I grew up, a little small town, and uh, uh, I am writing another book now. Uh, Magnolia, a little small town where I grew up, to Madison Square Garden, where I became heavyweight champion of the world.
1: And is there uh, is there certain events throughout your your personal life that have that have sort of set you on this path, the path that you're on? You know wh- where you've come from, where you are, where you're going. Absolutely, yes, sir. And boxing obviously has been a massive part of that, and uh, it's it's led you to, to to this point where you are at the moment. What 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 are you planning to do going forward? Uh, say over the next couple of years. Well, I know you're writing the book that you've spoke about. Uh, is there any other plans that you've got in the pipeline? I want to travel. Uh, I want to get an RV, and and uh, I want to uh,
0: you know uh, wrap it. And and have some of the guys that I fought, or maybe all of them, if they want to be on it, on uh, on that on that uh, RV, and I want to travel from state to state, city to city, and and really encourage encourage people and uh, encourage people to prepare themselves uh, when our life is over and what we're going to do next when when our life is over when we in eternity, uh, where do we want to be? We want to be in heaven or we want to be in hell. And we got a chance to 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 make that decision. I just want to encourage people to
1: make good decisions and to do what God wants us to do. And going going back to obviously all the stuff that you have set up, the Champions for Kids. You've got the uh, the Mad Book that you you've spoke about uh, with us, and you, you've got obviously the Boxing Legends hall of fame which is you know it's all fantastic concepts that you you've brought to the table and the the, you know there's not a lot of people out there that do what you've done there's that you know there's a lot of guys like yourself that have been in the game for a long period of time you come out of it and and some people don't always go down the path you've gone down and some people can use boxing as a positive to, to bring positive things to people's lives, uh, and and some people just sort of fade away into the background, which is why it's really good that you're doing the the Boxing Legends Hall of Fame, recognizing the guys that you fought, the champions that you fought over the years. So it's a it's a good way to to bring these guys back to the forefront, isn't it?
0: Absolutely, and you know, in addition to the guys, the fighters. Uh, just, just ordinary people and, and I just want to remind people that God gives us all a talent, a gift and a talent He gives us life, He gives air to breathe, He gives us all kinds of things and what we do are our time and, and, and those gifts it makes all the difference in the world
1: So I want to speak a little bit just about boxing today because is it something you are still heavily interested in? Is it something you've kind of stepped away from a little bit as in you as a you as a you as a fan now but more so as a as a a fighter that you once was do you still are you still interested in it is it still something you you actively watch
0: i watch it i'm interested and and every so often i will promote some amateur fighters i mean fights Uh, i do i talked to a a gentleman today and uh, i picked up a pretty good sponsor yesterday so i think uh in may memorial day every memorial day we're going to do a, a, a amateur fight or a professional fight in Myrtle beach
1: did you ever consider staying in the game in respect of becoming maybe a trainer or a coach or you know like a full-time promoter or anything like that
0: well, I, no, I'm a, I'm 65, so I don't do anything full time. <laughs> All my stuff is part
1: time. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think I, th- I think I think myself we f- we forget that you uh, you are 65, but it's um. <laughs> speaking to you on the phone james it's uh, it's really good to hear what you're doing for uh, younger generations of kids that maybe not as are, are as privileged or maybe not be n- are not given the same blessings in life as maybe others are and it, it, you know it's really really touching to hear the fact that you're, what you're doing is affecting other people in a positive way and obviously when i was reading through all the stuff that you're you're doing before we spoke today i was uh I, you know i was really compelled with it all I was really engrossed in, in reading through it all I was thinking I wish every other guy that that leaves the game would 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 do this i know I know there is people out there I know there is other fighters out there that do all this type of stuff, but it's um it was quite compelling to see all the different things that you're doing for 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 younger generations and trying to keep them out of trouble trying to keep them on the right path trying to give them in help give them the education that they deserve and it's 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 really sort of touching to hear all the stuff that you're doing and you, you're still at it even at the age of sixty five years it's, it's obviously something that's really close to your heart as well. Thank you very much. And the young people keeps me young too, so I think it's I have
0: I have another reason for working with young kids because they keep me young.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, they always they always say it's a it's a saying, uh, cliche, uh, in here in the UK that you're only as old as you feel. So are you gonna tell ta- you gonna tell me that you feel about eighty now, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs>
0: I feel good. I mean, I, I live at the beach, and you know, I get up and I go to the beach anytime I want to. And uh, you know, uh, I just I just have a good life, and I'm I'm very grateful, very thankful. Uh, and I'm gonna start traveling and get to see some of my fans. And uh, people uh, can can go on my website. My fans can go on there. Uh, We're starting a fan club, uh, you know, and uh, they can go to championforkids.org. www.championforkids.org. dot dot org. Or I'm going to give out my cell phone number if that's okay. And, you know, people can can call me if they like or text me. 910-658-3408. 910 658 Zero 08 so people, i don't mind talking to you that's
1: part of my ministry too i'm a minister too i believe so that is something that i haven't touched on actually is that you did become a minister so uh talk to talk to me about that tell me about it though when did it happen what made that decision and uh what, what is it you you do in a general basis
0: yeah I, tr- I preached my trial sermon in
1: 1998
0: and uh i gave my life to jesus christ and uh uh, and basically, it's simple: just believing that Jesus Christ died on the cross for us, that we might may have eternal life, and that's what salvation is about. And I just, uh, as part of my ministry, I mean, I I preach and I teach and I encourage uh, people to 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 be thinking about
1: where we want to end up in eternity. Well, it's um, it's been a, an absolute pleasure to to obviously get the opportunity. <laughs> to speak to you and hear everything that you've been doing outside of boxing and it was also really nice to hear about your boxing career and you touched on some of the, 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 the what boxing fans would know as the most notable fights and big fights of your career and it was really great to hear about the, the fights with Larry Holmes with obviously Mike Tyson, Frank Bruno uh, you've got the likes of Tony Tubbs in there, Tim Witherspoon it's um, like, well, like I said earlier it's a resume to, to obviously be proud of and uh, in this day and Age, not not a lot of people or a lot of fans that are coming through. Young fans would would actually know uh, or, or, of some of these fighters because there wasn't in this day and age. People only know the marquee names, which we know we all know who the marquee marquee names are in this day and age. But it's really good to be able to get the opportunity to to put your story out there and to put the story of a of a guy who won a world title on a week's notice and you know fought some of the greatest names in in the sport. Thank you very much for the opportunity. I appreciate that compliment, and and, and, uh, uh, I look forward to speaking to you again real soon. So there you go, guys great to chat to James Bonecrusher Smith. I really, really, really enjoyed that conversation with him. It was... I mean, he he didn't talk uh, in in great detail, in massive detail about his boxing career. I mean, we could have spent all night talking about his boxing career, but it was really good to hear him touch on some of the most key notable fights in his career, like the fight with Frank Bruno in London, the fight with Mike Tyson, what it was like to share a ring with Mike Tyson. It was great to, to, to hear that from him, the fact that he won a world title on a week's notice is, is a feat that not a lot of people would probably do in this day and age as I was saying to him in that conversation so it was really good to hear what, what his career did for him and it's also really good to hear what he's been doing outside of boxing as well. I'm really impressed with the fact that a man of 65 years of age, as he is, he's out there trying to get the generation of youths to, you know, to help them to help some of them to read and write. Some of them are not as privileged to get that opportunity to do that. And it's great that he's got something in place for them. It's also good that he's got the book, which is um, something that personally I'll definitely pick up and I'll read because I'll be interested to see. What sort of content is in it about? It it seems like something that's gonna be able to help a person that maybe has some sort of troubles or issues or divide in the mind that are gonna be able to pick it up and go. Actually, I know what I need to do with myself, and I know what I need to do with my life. So it's really, really good that he's doing stuff like this. And I think what's even even better is the fact that he's doing this Boxing Legends Hall of Fame, which I, I wasn't so much aware about it until. Martin contacted me about this interview with with Bonecrusher Smith, and then he made me aware of it because obviously, like I was saying in the conversation with James, you you get the Nav- Nevada Las Vegas Hall of Fame. You've got other boxing Hall of Fames over in America, but he's setting some he's set something up here where potentially he's putting guys inducting him into this Hall of Fame, which might not be inducted to a different Hall of Fame across America they might never get inducted to the Las Vegas one so it's it's really good for what he's doing here for the guys that fought in his era and once we'd finished doing the interview uh, one of the re- real exciting you know parts of the conversation was the fact that he said to me he was going to be able to put me in touch with guys like Ray Mercer uh, potentially guys like Larry Holmes as well I mean just imagine the life and times of Larry Holmes so as you can imagine I'm getting a little bit sort of fanboyish on you all here but just think of it as a boxing fan as a as, as a person that loves boxing you wouldn't you just love the opportunity to speak to someone like Larry Holmes or Ray Mercer or any shavers or some of the other fighters there he was talking about doing something with Frank Bruno you know it's the the, the end of the possibilities that are there it's uh, it's amazing to 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 even think about so yeah, I'm really, really pleased with, with the way the conversation went and it was really great to, to hear some of the, 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 the Tad stories that he given us and uh, the fact that he's got so much going on and, and even at the age of 65, he's still very active in what he does. And yeah, honestly, our, our guys, I'm really impressed with uh, with speaking to him. Uh, I think it will be really good to, to, to get him back on in the future and the fact that the man's just given his uh, personal mobile telephone number or as they call it in America a cell phone number just tells me as a man that he's happy to speak to anybody that he feels he can help as a person so what a great guy he is you know i didn't really know a lot of his personality going into this interview with him and i've I've come away with it thinking this this guy is he seems to be such a great guy the, the things that he achieved in boxing the first college graduate to become a heavyweight champion winning a world title in a week's notice, going in with the likes of Larry Holmes and Mike Tyson, two guys that have been regarded as two of the greatest heavyweights of all time, and he shared the ring with him. He even took Mike Tyson 12 rounds for the first time in his career, so you've got to give it to James Bone Crusher Smith for what he's doing, what he's done inside and outside the ring, and I hope you guys have really enjoyed this shorter version of The Life and Times Of, but a very impactful version in my eyes and I hope you guys have really listened to it and if you have please you know what to do now is rate, review and subscribe on the platform of your choice which could be either iTunes Podbean Stitcher Player FM YouTube or even on there on the Eat Sleep Boxing Repeat channel if you're really enjoying these episodes and some of the other stuff that we do please go on give us a follow leave us a comment if there's something you don't like Please comment, tell us what it is, because we would love to improve and make this into one of the leading podcasts in the UK. Some achievement, I know, and some goal to go for, but I'm confident that, given the time and the resource, we can do this. And just a little bit of a touch back onto the Patreon as well. Uh, The Patreon account, we did say, if you got the opportunity to, to donate a small fee of $1 or 80 pence in UK. It would be really, really appreciated. It would help us get this podcast from a good one to a great one, cover the fees, allow us to give more recording time and get extra episodes out every single week. So, enough of my rambling. I hope you've enjoyed this episode and we will see you on the next instalment of The Life and Times Of.